16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the planet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? Turns out, that story was way bigger than just an optical illusion. It's a cautionary tale about the decline of clickbait sites, the rise of algorithms and internet polarization, and the end of fun on the internet. Seriously, and that's just one story. We're giving every character their 16th minute. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Comedy Central. Black History Month. Let's end strong. Mm-hmm. Now hiring. A Catholic priest has resigned after a church investigation found he performed invalid baptisms for more than 20 years How? in Phoenix. Damn. Now, this is some semantical bullshit right here, Jacqueline, but Please. you are a stickler for verbiage, so I yes. know you're going to support the Catholic Church in this mm, I don't know. Father Andres Ar- Aragno. Aragno? Ar- whatever. Father Andres <laughs> performed <laughs> thousands of baptisms, and uh-huh. he said, quote, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. But what he should have said was, I baptize you. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And as a result, the baptisms have been marked invalid by the Catholic Church. And the Catholic Diocese has set up a website for anyone who believes they had an invalid baptism. Father Andres has resigned. Wait a minute. Oh, wow. I've been baptized. I don't remember anything they said. All I was worried about was my hair. (laughs) I just love that one word is the tiebreaker and whether or not you get to can you imagine getting to heaven and like yeah your paperwork ain't straight, bro. Yeah. Uh we call it the registrar, bro. It seems uh you're about three credits short and uh Father Andre said in a statement, quote I too am sincerely sorry that this error resulted in disruption in disruption to the sacramental lives of a number of the faithful. I pledge to take every step necessary to remedy the city. Why is he apologizing like he said, nigga? It's like, uh, right. Like I was about to say, he's just like he said the N-word during a sermon or something. Like, what the hell? Nigga, I baptize. The real question you in the is name what the Father, the Son. <laughs> Would nigga invalidate the baptism? That's the bigger question. Like does that invalidate the baptism too? I baptize this nigga in the name of the Father. Oh, 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 I can't do that. My job there. Black History Month coming to an end. It's been a good one. She is the white blood cell that so keeps this show pure and on the right track since we're talking a little bit about Jesus off the top. JG, joining us from Parts Unknown. How you doing today? I'm good. I'm in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Like I said, Parts Unknown. We know <laughs> Parts Unknown. <laughs> Yeah. It's after dark. You don't come out the house in Mississippi. You better stay where you are. Working on a lot of projects in Mississippi. Third, how's the Black History Month wrap up? Are your kids at that age at third where you got to show up to? Do they do Black History Month programs still? Bruh, they're still worried about Black History stereotypes around my way before they even get to celebrating the month. So no, we send my kids to school and they're just a bit too black for the average teacher. What about critical you know what race theory? Like, do they teach it there? Um, we teach it at okay. home <laughs> and we just send our kids up. and what, what they call critical, what people call critical race theory is good old just teaching them about being black. 
it, it ain't nothing deep. It's just, you know, we, we teach them things so that when teachers approach them in school and ask them questions, my kids have very black and correct answers. You know, I'm proud to say both of my kids have gotten, I won't go say in trouble, but let's just say that I'm proud that both of my kids have gotten their principal's attention for their blackness. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud of them for that. That's fair. Yes. Very, proud. very fair. Very proud. Now, just make sure that you don't get the principal's attention for your blackness. <laughs> Too late. You behave. So too too late. To too too late. Too late, bro. I already told a black teacher at her school, her high school, like you know, you're the only black person they got, right? Like you, you're the only entrance to blackness wow. that these kids look around you. There ain't no more black people. It's just Real you. Shit. So I need you to represent. They don't like me at the school either. Oh. It's fine. I'm I'm good. Uh, good show today. We're gonna bring home Black History Month with a couple white men. Wait a minute. We got a couple white allies that's gonna call into the show today. White people doing good stuff for black folks, and uh, you know we gonna we gonna uplift these marginalized white men. As you know, the white man is under attack. What? We need to <laughs> we need to make sure he's a. <laughs> I couldn't even let that one ride. I'm trying. Yeah. So black mental health awareness, and also a white person that's doing something with regards to reparations. Um, but now it's time for Cody's most outstanding employee of the week. I want to bring on real quick our wonderful booker Hayat. Hayat uh, peruses the Royce job fair at gmail.com website. And don't go Googling her. You can't find her. She's a motherfucking <laughs> ghost online. Ghost. Uh, ghost, ghost, ghost. But ghost. she found this email, JG. You know, you are loved in these streets. And I don't mean that in a perverted way. Like, mm-hmm. uh, but what's this email, Hayat? What's this email? Somebody. Whoa talking freaky to Jacqueline. No, I think he was pretty PG. This was a, a fan mail letter that recently came in. He says he's a real big fan of the show, and every time he listens to it, he feels much better. So he shouted out Roy, Rod, and Third. So it wasn't just Jacqueline, but this Wait, part is the funny part. Okay, read it to it. What's his name? What's this person's name? Cornelius. Cornelius. All the... right. That's an employed name right there. You know he got a job. Okay. <laughs> Jacqueline, I love hearing your point of view as you represent the innocent and innocent at heart. Jacqueline, you sound extremely sexy. And the few YouTube videos that I see with you prove that you are. And end scene. Cornelius. He said the few oh, YouTube videos that he see to yeah, you. Yeah, that's a wait couple a job fair snippets. Thank you, Cornelius, number one. But why are you laughing so hard, Roy? I'm not oh, okay. laughing at you. I'm just laughing at the turn oh. in the email because he's like, Roy, Ralph, Narada, I like you. Jacqueline, girl, god damn. Them motherfucking jeans. You was looking thick in a bitch on YouTube. I was looking at you. It was a straight intro to a Boys and Men song, wasn't it? Total shift. Girl, you know you're sexy. That was sweet. I listened to the show Thank just to hear your voice, Jacqueline. Oh. As I grabbed my Vaseline and Put on Wednesdays. Cornelius Jacqueline oh, can be yours for the low, low no, price Cornelius. of a piece of catfish. <laughs> so just mm. sure it's deep no, fried no, hard no, with no. mustard. <laughs> <laughs> See? Go ahead and say See? it, Rob. Bone <laughs> in. <laughs> so, you know what? Mm-hmm. For that, Jacqueline. For making sure that the men appreciate, and you really are the innocence. You really are. You represent that is so true. a part of our listenership who still believes in the church, who got baptized the right way. Not one of these janky, mm. we bless you in the name of it. You got the <laughs> I baptize you in the name. You got the real <laughs> baptism for that. JG, you really are Cody's most outstanding employee of the week. That's you awesome. do a lot. I don't tell you thank you enough. I, I try to, but, you know, I try to, like, I don't, you know, once Third came on board, I didn't want to, like, you know, <laughs> him. All right, let's get into worst and first. RoyceJobFair at gmail.com if you want to be a part of the program. Real quick, JG, starting to thaw out out there, mm. you know, a little warmer. What happens when things are warm? People wear less. They show more skin. Sackleson State. Spring registration has started. <laughs> Sackleson State, the only community college for good-looking people. And here's the thing. There's a lot of people in the winter who are able to hide their ugly. Scarves, big puffy coats. What? You know, mm. you can hide a lot of imperfections that would 
you know, keep you from enrolling in Sackleton State. But Sackleton State is willing to extend enrollment in the spring to people who are a seven or less if you agree to still wear winter clothing during the spring. Visit them online, sacklesonstate.edu.org. JG, who do we have on the line for worse in person? <laughs> we have Brian. And he's- don't come, uh-uh. don't, don't, <laughs> that is a sponsor. Sackleton State paid it. It is a college so many for people who look good. But every now and then they let ugly people take a couple classes. Okay, we have Brian and he's at the Big Box Garden Store and he wants to tell Rod and all of us about love. My first job was at the the Garden Center, uh, one of the Big Box stores. You know, I was a a customer service associate. We had a customer who certainly went about his business this day. He he came in the store uh, absolutely irate, furious, confronting anyone that he could see wearing the attire of this... uh, Company, I don't want to say red vest or, or orange apron, but you can you can imagine. Uh-huh. Gotcha. I get it. Uh, I get it. All right. All right. <laughs> and, and, and we're trying to figure out what's going on. He goes, your plant gave me a rash. Oh. And we're like, I'm I'm sorry. Like, what what are you talking about? What what plant did you buy? He goes, oh, I didn't buy any plant. And then he proceeds to storm out of there. We go to the security, to the loss prevention team, for those that know, and we rewind the security plates, and this man had been coming into the store and rubbing his private parts onto the plant. Oh, no. Are you serious? Exposing himself (laughs) to the leaves and fruits and pine trees and everything. I guess that was what he wanted to do, and when it didn't go his way, when he contracted uh, gonorrhea via photosynthesis, he uh, <laughs> was absolutely furious with us for apparently not warning him correctly uh, before he exposed himself to the plants so that this could be a, a possible situation. I, so that was my... I, can't be wrong, dog, <laughs> Mother Gaia, man. It's some, some, yeah. some dangerous stuff out here. I had one day of training. Uh, most of that was being forklift certified. <laughs> of course. Of course. I, like, see, this is why, like, I don't know. I One time I saw my girl give our son an apple that hadn't been washed. <laughs> and this is the shit that goes through my head. When, like, like anytime I eat unwashed produce, I'm just like, somebody's dick. Somebody put a dick on it. Why would you And, and I'm looked at. It's see, not a 0% see, chance, is all I'm saying. You act like I'm being outlandish and you act like, see Jacqueline, you, you, you think I'm just conjuring some scenario out the air. No, this is proof. People are in the stores and they're pulling their dick out and they're touching shit with their dick. But you clean your fruit it's before be- you eat it. Guys, it wasn't, you got to double clean it. Can, you know, dick can you really clean that off though? Oh, Brian. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, you can't, thank, you thank can't you, clean Brian. that image out of your that, mind. That's, that's the soul. That dirty is the soul. Uh, like, if I watch somebody rub their balls on a plum, you couldn't wash it enough to get me to eat it. <laughs> I, I, wouldn't eat, I wouldn't eat other plums <laughs> right. for too much. Right. I don't think I'd go back to that store for plums, like ever in life. I just know. <laughs> You gotta bleach your damn fruit. There's some freaks out here. <laughs> you, look, you go all the way across town just for plums? Hey, look, man, it's a long story. Leave me alone. Go way across town with these plums. So, Brian, Hell Brian nah. what happened next? Go ahead, Roy. What? Yeah, what do y'all you, do? You don't tend to advertise that. Uh, you, you Did just, you throw the I plants out? That. No, that plant was sold. This is, a, this is a business. That plant was sold for full value. With, uh, with somebody's nut did. dust on them. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, he was the one that left with something on him, right? Yeah, I think he was nice. more of the victim. Now you know. That situation. Just buy seeds, okay? Start your fucking, start your garden from the ground up. Don't, don't plant nothing but seeds. I will say, in life, before you work retail and food service, you see the world one way. And then afterwards, you see it a whole other way. You realize that there are people out there who come into the stores just to make your day worse. Then they show up and, they, and they're only there to just cause havoc in your, mm. your little world. And you're out there making minimum wage being like, we did not train for this. But how do you how tell do- that to a doctor? Like, <laughs> like, you, like, like you gotta go get seen. 
and you, you gotta, gotta go to the clinic. You, gotta you don't go like, to your doctor, doctor. Like what happened? Um, so have you ever seen the chrysanthemum? They sexy, right? So oh I was down gosh. at a big box garden center. And I was having my way with some chrysanthemums <laughs> and uh, got this rash. <laughs> Brian, thank you so much thank you, Brian. for calling me. I'm in. so confused. Uh, we wow. appreciate you I haven't missed an episode. Oh. I'm an absolute huge fan. Roy, oh, I've, I've followed you since the first day in The Daily Show. Oh. Seen every special. I, I even listened to you when you were on This Day in Esoteric Political History because wow. uh, I'm just You're an, digging in the crates. I'm just. Wow. I'm an incredible fan of all of you. You make you make every every week better. Thank you. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Have a great well, day. Thank you. Thank you, bro. Thank you so thank much. You, Have man. a good that's one. Up, Brian. Thank you, Brian. That's, that's lovely. That's, that might be, and and it says a lot, because I've I've been I've been out there. That might be the freakiest shit I ever heard in my life, man. <laughs> Because like Wait, you're blown away by something like, you know, how much of a freak you got to be not to just be going in public and rubbing your genitals on plants in the store, but to come back and file a complaint. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they took the plant back. That's the best part of the story. <laughs> Crazy. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, job fair. We'll be right back. Sixteenth Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take the dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the internet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? But there's way more to this story than that. The dress went viral in early 2015, marking one of the last months that the internet could still be fun. It was just before Trump declared his candidacy for president and polarized and already polarized internet. It was just shy of people deciding what went viral instead of algorithms. And it was just shy of celebrities realizing that they should never, ever tweet. It's more than a character of the day. It's an entire moment in time bottled in a little, well, either blue and black or white and gold package. I'm not relitigating it again. You cannot make it. And that's just one story. We've got a million. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jon Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from Jon and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Job fair. We back. We back. The end of Black History Month. Black history. Every month is Black History. Black history is not reserved for those single months. I'm Martin Luther King. Welcome back to my podcast. (laughs) Have you downloaded any books on Audible? Reverend Ralph Abernathy. Reverend Ralph. Reverend. I want to talk... I want to talk to our civil rights soldiers for a minute about Casper mattresses. When I was in that Birmingham jail laying down, all I could think about was how I would need a better night's sleep. He was not laying down. He was writing his speech. I am going to do a full up next Black History Month. Uh I'm I'm doing Martin Luther King's job fair. It's going to be a full episode. (laughs) Son, from I just thought it, yo, it has to be a, It's got to be an animated cartoon, B. It's got to be the cartoon. Oh, that'll be so perfect. It's got to be a cartoon. That'll be perfect. Oh, we got two white allies standing by. We in the Black History Month talking to two white men that's trying to help black folks do some shit. Uh, but before we do that, this is the part of the show where we try to help you be a better coworker. Our resident mm. black people, white people, ologist. This man has a degree in pimpnology. And um, if you're ever looking for him, ladies, just 
sprinkle a little bit of Evans Williams on a pair of your panties and run them up a flagpole and no. stand downwind and wait patiently. No. And he will appear. Patiently. His mama named him Rado. We call him Rod for short. Rod, how you doing today, brother? What's going down, man? I'm 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 feeling good. It's been a nice day. Did you see this um this thing with the Catholic priest where he was saying we baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, instead of saying I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit? Yeah. And as a result, the Catholic <laughs> Church is thrown out like 20 years worth of baptism. And that's hilarious. I didn't know that's, that's like what happens when right? they find out a prosecutor's dirty or a cop and they have to vacate all their convictions. <laughs> <laughs> My question is, how how do you find all the people he baptized? What's the record keeping? Like, do you do one of the mesothelioma commercials? <laughs> <laughs> Have you been affected by this bad pastor? You Call were baptized by Father James. You might be entitled to compensation. Yeah, um, yeah. The Catholic Church takes this kind of shit very seriously. So yeah, they got it on record. Did they go back and watch the tape? Like, do they watch tape after the end of the sermon? Like, like, like athletes do. Just bring them in on Monday morning. (laughs) Go over the last sermon. When you dipped him, you dipped him. You 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 didn't dip him at the right angle. (laughs) Yeah, go. Hey, when they be you ever saw them dip the babies? They be battering them motherfuckers like fish in a Mm -hmm. fucking paper bag. All right, Rod, give it to us. Let's, I'll let you kick it off, but give these white people and black people something they can talk to their co-workers of the opposite race on this week. White people, uh, something you can talk about with your black co-workers and something that's really a big PSA for black people is uh, this past Valentine's Day during Black History Month, uh, there were a lot of brothers in the Atlanta area that got in trouble for their lack of, of giving their women flowers, and it wasn't their fault. Uh, Offset, the husband of Cardi B, uh, if you don't know, Offset is mm-hmm. a part of the trio. He's in, uh, what's, the, what's the name of his group? The Migos. The Migos, that's right. He's in the Migos. And uh, Migos, Mama. apparently, Offset spent $500,000 on roses for his wife. What? To load her their mansion up with rose petals and flowers, causing a complete rose shortage in the city of Atlanta. So uh, there's a lot of ladies out there who might have been upset with their men for not getting flowers. And ladies, it's not their fault. Offset just went way overboard because he cheated a while back and he's still making up for her. Okay. That's doing the most.com, man. That ain't right. Jacqueline, you are the flower recipient arm of this acoustical radio presentation. Does 12 roses versus a house full of roses, does that say something more to you? No, especially because you can't write that off. I mean, it looks good. It's it's a spectacle, but it it caused a lot of brothers to get into the doghouse in Atlanta. This shit all feels like a capitalistic circle jerk where like the Valentine industry is run by florists who need the Valentine industry in order to thrive. Like floor like, like Valentine's and funerals that you know what you need to get this dead body? A lot of flowers. Mm-hmm. Do I though? And see I'm I mean that's true. How many times do you go to a florist outside of Valentine's Day? Yeah. Hey, I love them. Oh shit, they died. <laughs> funerals, funerals. Yeah. Like that's it. Wait a minute. I'm all of to... you all are men. You don't send women roses and flowers. I'm very confused by that. If I had, if I had that type of money, even if I had that type of money, I don't think I would do a half a million no. dollars worth of roses. That's silly. Nah, I send you twenty dollars worth of edible arrangements for. I'm sending you like five hundred thousand dollars. Twenty dollars, you gonna have to deliver that yourself. They don't deliver on twenty dollars. You gotta pick that up yourself. Yeah, you gotta come eighty minimum. You you don't have my Groupon app, do you? That's what I'm saying. You ain't got my Groupon. The problem with giving a gift of that magnitude is that you've set the bar for next Valentine's Day for yourself too high, and you have nowhere to ascend to. Well, maybe he won't cheat. That's the one thing. That's the one thing I'll give ain't shit men. They keep the bar low, and it's fiscally efficient to be an ain't shit motherfucker and treat women bad because all you no, have to do is I'm just like you. text her on Valentine's. She'd be like, oh my God, he's changing. 
What? Yeah, I, I was, I'm talking as greasy. I talk a hella greasy, but when I did work in the office, I will say that was one of the few times a year that I did do the right thing. On Valentine's Day, if I'm working on Valentine's Day, I was one of those guys that would go and get carnations and pass them out to all the women in the office and stuff on Valentine's Day because I thought that was a nice. No, you, did. you was dating. being a you was being a dirt bag, and I ain't mad at it. <laughs> in my early career, you yes, right, I was absolutely being be a dirt nice, bag. Yes, nigga. that's fair. You was doing that, that's so fair. you had <laughs> early, on, early on, yeah. women in that office ready to fuck, and I mean, I, I ain't mad at your lifestyle. That's genius. <laughs> that's ge- I've been there. I've been there. I know that game. That's, Are you a flower dope. purchaser, Rod? Do you do that? Um, I no, flowers... I don't. Um, I don't like to give typical gifts. I'm really good at gift giving. I don't mean that to sound boisterous. What did, what did you do for Valentine's? We didn't even get a chance to talk about that. I know we said that. Yeah, we did. Well, we talked in the relationship fair. We talked about how the the married women don't fuck with you on the 14th, but on the 15th, y'all went out, right? So what what went down? We ain't checked in on your 15th of February. Oh, they they, they all uh, got a nice little, little gift, you know, specific to them. Like I said, I'm good at giving gifts. So I did some nice things for a handful of ladies, and uh, it was beautiful. They cried. Cried. <laughs> Whatever. They cried. I'm the so other nigga. I ain't got to up. give them shit. They were very touched. Let's flip it up, Rod. Let's flip it up, man. Um, black people, once again with white people, uh, we're talking about dogs, but very scary dogs. Um, we might have a mutant on the loose in the state of Pennsylvania right now. Um, in January, a woman found a dog outside of her house that was uh, looked terrible, no hair on it, in very bad shape. She didn't know if it was a dog or a coyote, but she took it to a wildlife rehab in Mount Pleasant, and uh, they caged it, did some DNA tests, and the DNA test came back. It is a coyote, but the problem is it escaped long before the DNA test came back. Uh, they found the cage destroyed, oh. and the wall scratched up, and a window ate up and tore open. So, yeah. <laughs> a, a mangy coyote destroyed a cage and this escaped the for the ever. jail escape from uh, a oh, rehab, wow. and that's that's terrifying. So, all white people in Pennsylvania, please be on the lookout for the coyote from hell. Oh my gosh! If you found an animal outside your house. And you were like, I don't know what that is. Would you do anything other than just go back inside? I'd call. You gotta leave that thing. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta leave that thing alone. I'm gonna speak from a personal experience to tell you that while I would take my black ass back in the house, my New Jersey ass family would go outside with a stick and poke the damn animal (laughs) in the backyard. Awesome. Well, there's there's a bobcat or some type in our backyard. And we heard it one night, and we didn't go back there. And then two days later, uh, my wife went in the backyard to go check the shed, and there was like a leg of a oh. deer, like that had been separated, like clearly like by just force, a leg. in the backyard. <laughs> the leg, just a leg. Like I was like, "Yo, this is vicious. I'm not coming back here until spring." You kiss my but ass. I ain't going back out there. there. So now nah, okay. Oh, whoa, 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 See, that is a mistake of a single woman. Let me explain this to you. I don't send my wife anywhere, all right? There's no sending my wife anywhere. Do not make that mistake. I ain't sending her Jack nowhere. If she goes, it's her choice. Like, yo, real smooth, too, right? Yeah, you, mm-mm. There ain't no sending of my wife nowhere. She she goes where she want to go, and I just stand back and, and wait till she tells me to come and pick her up from that wherever she is. Not his, Cause a malady. Ain't no way. This podcast mm-hmm. is Uncle Rod's Story Corner. You can download it wherever you download this fine program. Rod. Oh, before we go, um, something very important to get to. I think um, it's very necessary for the show. Jacqueline has something she'd like to say here. Jacqueline? No, I don't. No, I don't. No, I don't. According to Jacqueline's grandmother, she Ralph, has something to Ralph. say. Uh, Jacqueline, on a recent episode, Jacqueline told me to shut up 
and her grandmother did not like that. And she told Jacqueline to apologize to me. <laughs> yes! And Jacqueline yes! thought that she yes. could just say it to me on the phone, but no grandmother. We know exactly what her grandmother mm. meant. Her grandmother wants her to apologize mm. in the same place she was rude mm. to me. Mm. She was rude to me in public. Rude to you. Grandma wants her I to apologize in public. So Jacqueline. Her grandma her grandmama her grandmama. Look at this right, right. So I don't know, just for comparison's sake, wouldn't this be like when Jacqueline called Roy's mama and snitches mm-hmm. on Roy? Like, isn't this the kind of the equivalent here we of what's going on? I, I don't know. Weakness. Her grandmother listens mm. to the show. She heard her be rude to me and would like her to apologize. Mm. So, Jacqueline, unless you want to get a whooping. <laughs> a whooping? Right. A whooping. Go outside it sounds to me like we might need we might need grandma on the show. Go outside and pick we might have to have grandma switch. to come on. Rod, I apologize for telling you to shut up. I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. <laughs> Shout out to Grandma. His, his podcast is Uncle Rod's Story Corner. <laughs> Rod, we'll talk to you next week, brother. Bless up. <laughs> Bless up. <laughs> I apologize to him on the phone, but he had to bring that here. Scam of the week time. I'm a... Listen, I'm going to let you sit over there and grit your teeth. We going to jump in with this brother with the college bookstore scam real quick here. Let's scam of the week time. It's where we invite you to come on and tell us about that time you was at work and almost got yourself sent to jail. Uh, maybe you went to jail. Maybe you're still in jail. Brandon, hey welcome to the job fair. How you doing? Good. Thanks for having me on, guys. I'm really, uh, it's an honor. <laughs> Now, thank you for listening to us. I'm, I'm honored that you reached out to us. Um, before we get into your scam, I do want to talk a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about what you do because you have chosen, you've chosen a world which is like helping people in mental health. If I'm not mistaken, if I'm stop mm-hmm. me if I'm if I'm wrong so far, and making sure that people are handling their mental illnesses and managing them as well they can using various techniques that you've been taught at institutes far more illustrious than any degree I have. But why women? Why women and children? Why did you choose to specifically delve into those waters with regards to this issue? I was very privileged growing up in a lot of ways, but you know, I also experienced a lot of instability uh rejection family drama so a lot of the kids that i work with have experienced you know a lot of events that that i'm you know i can empathize with and that that is really valuable for me to gain their trust and and engage in treatment with me so you know that's my background with kids with with women so my father's an OBGYN. my mother was a midwife so i guess there's some type of predestiny with that but um Growing up, you know, my guy friends think automatically, oh, your dad has the best job. Like, he just gets to look at vagina all day and it's, get older. Yeah, yeah um, I used to think that. But then I was like, yeah. nah, I don't know. It's not as kind a of hit or yeah. miss. Yeah. We'll ask yeah. Rod later. Yeah. Brandon, speak to a little bit about the racial disparities when it comes to assuming that something is wrong with people of color versus white patients who are evaluated by the same healthcare professionals. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, there's actually this really good book. Um, it's called Medical Apartheid. I forget who wrote it. But um, in mental health specifically, um, black folks are more likely to get a diagnosis of a psychotic disorder like schizophrenia. Um, and for years, they were it was, it was being significantly overdiagnosed, especially in minority populations. White folks who show up with the same presentation are more likely to be diagnosed with a mood disorder, like bipolar disorder or de- or depression. And all of these illnesses can be debilitating, but schizophrenia in particular is a very stigmatizing illness. And it's really hard once you get labeled a certain disorder um, and it's in your medical chart. It's hard, even if, you know, 
I write up, no, this person does not have bipolar disorder, this person does not have schizophrenia, people in medicine are lazy when they write notes. It carries forward and people just get mislabeled. Um, and then that's your scarlet letter that you always have to write much. Down, which frustrates you yeah. even more, which makes people go, you need to calm down, here's more meds. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, so having that diagnosis of conduct disorder as a kid can be devastating to a kid's ability to pursue education a career or and, and then obviously can have repercussions in the legal system if they show up in court with a diagnosis of conduct disorder they're a quote bad kid whereas if they're depressed and anxious you know they might be given a chance to seek Redemption. mental health not not to excuse criminal behavior for for mental health i think that 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 also happens a lot in our society no, um, but it affects how the rehabilitation yeah. is adjudicated exactly that makes yep. perfect sense Big words, yeah. big words. Because I've been arrested you, you before, know, I know these words. I, I ain't mad at you. That, it might have been that little school in Florida you went to, too. Uh, look, Brandon, I, I you you hit a couple of things there that, that were pretty dope. Um, but I wanted I want to question a quick question about the schizophrenia thing. And and I've had family members who were misdiagnosed with schizophrenia. But then just the other day, and I'm not making this up. There is a commercial on TV for drugs. You know how they have the drug commercial now? Because, like, you know, it's real drugs. And there were two girls in the commercial, and they were, like, at a bus stop, and they are like, oh, you take the same schizophrenia medicine that I do. And my first thought was, like, holy shit, the schizophrenia shit is so big now. They got drug commercials that come yeah. on channels. It's like, like, that shit's crazy to me. Because, like, when you really, like, is it that widespread now? Is it that many people getting diagnosed with schizophrenia like i know mental health is real but like yeah. is it that widespread so schizophrenia in like the populate is 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 about 1% of the population that's the estimates um like and and whether or not how accurate that is you know maybe it's a couple you know percentage points lower or higher is it the same one is just the same 1% that's really rich too like is that is there a correlation between that? Oh, um, okay, I'm just checking, but no, don't worry about me, Brandon. Go ahead. Okay, no, it's all good. No, um, <laughs> well, I mean, to be yeah, to be to, to be frank, I think we have this this uh, and this is just society in general. We throw out terms all the time that you know are you know pathological diagnosis, but we just kind of have incorporated into our you know language like oh like i was really cranky the other day like oh yeah you were acting so bipolar or you know my ocd acted up mm. um or yeah i mm. can't pay attention because i have adhd when people have never really been actually given a, given a clinical diagnosis mm. um and mm. you know so i think that some of that has kind of creeped into our our language there's also kind of this movement on TikTok, and there's and and there are good some good pages on on, on social media for for mental mental health but some of them are really, really misleading and really dangerous uh, because you have people getting labeled with, you know, personality disorders or dissociative identity disorder. That is just, I mean, it just, it's, they're just not, it's not true. And it's really. So, so Brandon, you're saying that people are self-diagnosing themselves when in truth, they're just assholes. Yeah. They, they don't yeah. believe anything yeah. wrong. The other, and then the other thing is I say this all the time is it's like, just because you have a mental health diagnosis doesn't mean you can't also be an asshole. There's nothing to say that you can't be bipolar and also be an asshole. Be careful. Kanye West will appear in your house like Candyman. <laughs> you say that right. five times. So with yeah, I definitely was friends. not thinking of him when I made that comment. But yeah, no. I mean, um, <laughs> no, we see it all the time. And it makes it difficult sometimes because, you know, if I'm evaluating a patient and I'm, you know, trying to decide, okay, where do I refer them to? You know, do I admit them to the hospital? You know, if it's because they have uncontrolled mental illness, then it might be a good idea. But if they're just being an asshole and this is like chronic behavior that they always engage in, um, admitting them to a hospital is not going to help them. And, you know, in the past, people, you know, the magic words were, oh, I'm suicidal. Um, please admit me. And, and, you know, that doesn't we try to be more diligent with our resources now because unfortunately they're so limited. Um, there we go. You know. The book is Medical Apartheid by Harriet yep. A. Washington. Yeah. Uh, all right, Brandon. We got to get to why you came on the show, man. Give me this. Give me this scam now. Now, um, down south Georgia girl slipped me a few notes here about it. She said that uh, you was uh, pimping them them books in the bookstore. Um, down there, man. Run it. Look. First off, if you stole from a bookstore, I respect it because. 
they are some of the biggest fucking crooks. They are right up there Thieves. with the funeral home industry. Give us this bookstore I, scam, brother. Probably around sophomore year, I figured out that I went through kind of a a, a kleptomania phase, but um, oh, as did I a little bit. But, oh, let me but, tell yeah, you, yeah, college was wild. I was, um, he was killing them at Dillard's, boy. Shit, son. Sophomore year. <laughs> Sophomore year, I determined that our bookstore didn't have, like, any censors. And they had two old white ladies walking around the bookstore, not paying attention. And they just had those mirrors, you know, up in the corner of a room. Bubble mirrors? Yeah, they're, they're, they're useless. Gas station joints. So I was like, fuck it, I don't want to pay for my, I don't want to pay for my book. So I wouldn't, I didn't pay for my books. Probably sophomore, junior, into senior year. So. Wait, you did this senior, every semester? Yeah. 15 yeah. credit hours a semester. You're just going yeah. in. Yeah, and I was pre med. I was pre med, so think about all those chemistry, physics. It's a thick ass oh, book. many trips? Are you doing this in one swoop? Or are you going in like two, three times? Um, a week I would like- go. I would go in probably like two or three trips. At this point, ballpark top to bottom. How much did y'all walk with once y'all graduated? Once you got out the book racket, how much money? You oh man. Touch? Um, I want to say at least five grand. Not each, Shit. probably total. But like, for you know the amount of man hours that I put in doing it, it wasn't like it was pretty. You know, it was a quick two minute in, and then out. Um, That's the thing. Two minutes of work with a five k return overall so, is not bad. Yeah, so not when college. I was still in clothes and reselling them, and I really started sitting down and doing the math on the other side of it, I was like, if I'd have just added a shift at fucking Golden Corral, I would have made about the same with less yeah. risk like mm. that's the wild thing about like petty crime like that is that it's not profitable it's not it's not it's not dope money you're no. not nah man it's just nah. you're gonna do you right. differently yeah, you can just you can buy yeah. all the playstation games and you can buy sneakers now but you're not gonna be able to buy a car kite and fucking stolen textbooks like it's just not gonna fucking work man well i'm glad you got that straight Thank you so much for the work that you're doing for marginalized communities, especially people of color and bringing awareness uh, to mental health. Uh, Thank you for being a part of the job fair today. And um, I'll see you at Barnes and Noble. Yeah, wink, wink. he might he might have got a uh, he oh. got he might we might have got another uh, picnic uh, invite too. Can I can I, still... I? I like the way that I like yeah. the way Brandon was talking about white people. <laughs> I'm down to get him an invite. I uh, can I say one last thing? I have actually yeah, used something I've learned from you guys in my like daily lexicon about the um, the history of marijuana, and now I try to say cannabis more. Yeah, so I learned that from you guys. So, Touch the life. If we yeah. change one person, yeah, done our job. There you go. Yeah. So that's a deep cut. You talking about the cannabis episode? That's from like yeah. last fall or something, man. Yo. Yeah. Thank you for that, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. And if ever I'm in your city, man, JG will set up the comedy club tickets for you, brother. All right, man. Big thank you to that, brother. JG, you you've worked in higher education. Now you know the real hustle. And uh, down yeah. south Georgia girl was just mentioning this is when um when people when the professors make their own book. That's the real mm-hmm. scam. Mm. That's, it is. It, like, it is. Did you ever do that with any of the classes? Or were you you seem like more of a syllabus type person? Just go find the research. Wherever you can find the information is what you will need for this class. I've never sat down long enough to write a book. However, if I did write that book, you can make it mandatory for your class. And if that book's 50 bucks or 75 bucks or however much it is, you get a percentage of that. It's a real scam. Damn. I had a black psychology professor at FAMU that was running 250 a book because he had like a PhD yeah. or whatever. And he had traveled mm-hmm. over to Africa and all of that. So whatever, whatever qualifications were needed to write the book, he had them. So mm-hmm. he just wrote a book yes. and then he taught from his own book and the reason why I hate it, especially for psychology, because so many psychology classes are just agree with the professor or get an F. Okay. And uh-huh. Uh-huh. which is what it shouldn't be. It should be this free flowing thought, whatever. But what I hated mm-hmm. was that we went to buy the book and the shit was out of stock. And then we go to ask him when it's going to be some more your book in. And go, well, you should have got there and got the book sooner. <laughs> Motherfucker. 
it's your book. You ain't got none at the crib. You can just bring up here and sell out the trunk. Like, it's your book, but it's out of stock. And I'm going to get an F if I don't have the book by this. Well, see if there's another student you can buy it from on the campus net. Or, you know, you that's the campus Craigslist. Yeah. yeah, that's thug. That's thug. That was on purpose, Roy. That was on purpose. Because each time you put in for a book and it says out of stock, that shows that bookseller or that publisher that this book is in demand. So guess what? They're going to print more of them. That was by demand. So he shorted the supply to increase the demand to get the bookstore to overorder his own shit. Yep. Hmm. Absolutely. Scam. I, Scam. I need to be, I need to become a college professor then. After the break. <laughs> <laughs> alcohol and reparations. We will connect those two dots with our final guest for Black History Month. One more white ally. One more white ally. I don't know if he's an ally. He might, you know, let me just not, let me stop. If you start celebrating <laughs> people in three years, you're going be like, that motherfucker was doing evil. Job fair, we'll be right back. Sixteenth Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take the dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the internet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? But there's way more to this story than that. The dress went viral in early 2015, marking one of the last months that the internet could still be fun. It was just before Trump declared his candidacy for president and polarized and already polarized internet. It was just shy of people deciding what went viral instead of algorithms. And it was just shy of celebrities realizing that they should never, ever tweet. It's more than a character of the day. It's an entire moment in time bottled in a little, well, either blue and black or white and gold package. I'm not relitigating it again. You cannot make it. And that's just one story. We've got a million. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jon Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Job fair, bringing it home, man. The last break for Black History Month, third. Mm. Mm. The last break, and I think it's time to have a white man on. It's finally time to check in with the other side. So, with us on the phone, I did my my taping in Perfect Messenger, available now on Paramount Plus. Taped it in Denver at the wonderful, wonderful Gothic Theater. And so, like, for the people who don't know how all of these TV shoots and whatever work, you show up as the artist, as the performer, you show up about two hours early and you go through your light cues and you stand out on stage so the cameraman know which way you're going to fucking whatever move and all of that stuff. And I come back backstage and there's just a basket with liquor in it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Now... Traditionally, baskets are reserved for Easter eggs, chocolates, you know, maybe um, jelly beans, if you will, you know. <laughs> but never three big ass bottles of alcohol. There was gin, there was vodka, <laughs> and there was something called Aquavit. I, I, we'll ask yeah, you about it in a second here. <laughs> so, uh, so JG is back there. She goes, these wonderful people, they are out front and they would like to meet you. And there, this alcohol goes towards reparations and they care about people and the environment and they are a local distillery. And I was like, local? Hell yeah. So joining us from the soon to be renamed, but for now, we'll just say Devil's Head Distillery, the, the company formerly known as Devil's Head, Adam. Out there in Denver, Adam, welcome aboard the job fair. How you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Adam, 
I'll leave it to you to break down. Your company is hiring. You know, this is the part of the show where we kind of break down, you know, companies right. that are hiring or job and, you know, job opportunities. So I want to speak specifically to the roles that your company is hiring for, but also this concept of being a distiller and how you got into that, because that may, you know, it may be some crumbs, some nuggets of knowledge from that as well. Oh, yeah. That I think our listeners could take as a goal in life. Mm. When do you look at yourself in the mirror and go, you know what? I want to get people fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get people drunk. Oh. And I want to do it my way. I'm tired of this Belvedere bullshit. I'm going to make my own goddamn vodka. Like, how do you learn that, bro? I mean, so I went to school in Kentucky for it. Uh, I did chemical engineering and worked in the industry coming out. So that was like part of the curriculum. You know, if you're in Kentucky, you got to learn how to make bourbon first and foremost. You know what I mean? You got to learn how to drink it. You got to learn how to make it. Nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so like I said, it was, so, you know, at the end of the day, it was just like a, like a nerdy adventure to get into it. When I moved out to Denver, one of the things that, that I noticed was, you know, there's a lot to be done out here in, in an industry that is underrepresented typically for folks. So that's why I wanted to start it and why we bought the business, the Devil's Head Distillery, is to take on that challenge of trying to make some change from the inside, you know? Speak to a little bit of that, because, you know, your company has been active long before George Floyd, long before all of the 2020 stuff. So what was it like? Why do you give a fuck mm. if I if I can just be blunt? Where did that come from? The thought was, is that, you know, when we when we formed the company, we wanted to get some diversity on our board and we wanted to try and do something a little different than what everyone else was doing and something that I personally cared about. So that's what, when I went to fundraise, you know, I was like, I, you know, I said, this is what we're going to do. And if you're, if you don't want to do that, then, you know, we'll find someone else. Mm. We don't want your money. Mm. Yeah. Damn. Your money's no good here. Respect. So, so Adam, in short, my yeah. man, are you giving reparations, bro? Well, yeah. Yeah. So what we're, what the, so the, the organization Adam, is right now, Adam, Adam, you are giving reparations. To black people, a, a portion of proceeds go to a reparation. I mean, I love how flowery he said. Money. He said some really flowery, nice ways of saying shit. Nah. It was beautiful, yeah. and I agree with everything you said. It was brilliant, Adam. <laughs> but I just want to be clear: you That's right. are technically giving reparations, are you not? We're taking ten percent of our proceeds right now, fuck you, yeah. uh, and, and putting it towards a, in, in, a, in an account, and so. The thing that I need help with and one of the things that, I, that I'm happy to be here and talk on is that I don't think I should choose how that money is spent. I want the community, mm. and especially my local community, to come in and say, you know, this is where that money would be best spent, even if it's $1,000 or $10,000. Nice. I think that's, that's not my decision to be, to be made. The only thing I ask for it is, you know, like I said, that, it, that you know, it's, it's the community leaders and it's going to affect the community directly versus, you know, like, making a campaign or putting out some commercials or something, you know, that's beautiful, that's man. Dope. So you all are selling, selling this locally distilled alcohol and then taking portions of the proceeds and putting it into a reparations fund and then waiting for direction from people that are more directly affected by systemic racism <laughs> to decide what to do with the money while at the same time partnering with black owned businesses. I can't do anything but applaud you for right that. And I mean, all we can do is be to change on our block and hopefully that spreads out to the world because I, I will say that you know i know as a white man you know black folks be like motherfucker fix everything and you just <laughs> today like, oh. fix it today i can i can give you some scandinavian shit called aquavit <laughs> vodka and go from there it, it, matter of fact tell us about the roles you're hiring for what you're looking or what you're looking to do with your company um, and then we're going to uh, get into the – Tell then we'll talk about the liquor. We need to talk right. about the liquor. So the, so the main thing that we're hiring for right now is we want basically someone to run the shit out of the front of the house, if I could say that word, you know. Yeah, so we need, so like I said, we're, we're looking for that, that front of house manager that can, that can help be the, the ambassador to the brand and, and get out to the people and, and so that we can grow these funds and grow the business to a point where it, it becomes more than a drop in the bucket, that it becomes more – that we can that we can start to find you know pressure other businesses and partner with other businesses to be part of it you know say I want to I want to put my money in where that is as well because you know like I said my thought what, what you know all the stuff that I've read and grown up you know 
learning is that you know if if, if the ocean rises then all boats rise with it you know what i mean <laughs> so you know and, and there's there's too many big boats out there right now that ever that you know there's not enough if there's a question how much does give on a fuck about the world and the betterment of the world affect your profitability or does it not at all i mean absolutely it does we still have to exist in this structure of america you know if you just went ruthless profits then what's the difference i you know i i wouldn't be here talking about it then but yeah it absolutely does i mean and like i said you know the 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 majority of the the industry is still dominated in a age old like you know boys club so what you're saying is that you could give a fuck and still make some money you may not make as much money but you can still maintain profitability that's right care about the world that's right that's hard man that's hard (laughs) i mean maybe maybe you buy one less yacht a year maybe you know maybe you take one less vacation but (laughs) shit you know one less pair of yeezys just one less pair of yeezys and you too can help save somebody's (laughs) life word all right so We'll, we'll get you out of here on this. Let's talk a little bit about the actual product itself. Down South Georgia girl got a bottle of it. And, uh, oh, right. Oh, yeah, that's right. Vodka you... as well. Oh, yeah, we got that. Okay, you got it. See, you got I, it? I, I divide with the team. Though. I <laughs> divide with the team. So I held on to the Aquavit, though, but I haven't cracked it open yet because I need you to tell me what the hell this is. <laughs> well, I'm sure, I'm sure Third knows because he's lived on four different continents. But I've never heard of this. Sh- and at 43, you got to understand, when you discover a new liquor at 43, it's kind of weird. It's like, well, what is this well, I, thing? Yeah. Well, I know, I know, I know, Third and I, we, we've talked uh, about tea as well because we're, we're both tea addicts. So I was just thinking about you, uh, man. I, I just picked uh, up some shit today. I've been <laughs> holding it the whole time, thinking, like, oh, yeah, that's right. I got Adam today. Hey. Talk some that's, tea. That's right. Word up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so, but what, yeah, but, just walk us through the process of what you all make over there. It's vodka and it, it's single malt vodka and gin. Right. But also, am I pronouncing it right? Aquavit. Aquavit. So, so the Scandinavians would be mad. You got to call it Aquavit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Break it so, down. So uh, yeah. So so traditionally Scandinavian spirit. Uh, it's 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 main components are caraway and dill. Uh, so you think of gin, you think of juniper. So if you go drink Aquavit, it's caraway and dill. Those are the main flavors you're going to get. Uh, and like I said, but it's almost, it's made the exact same way as gin. It's just, uh, like I said, it's the Scandinavian spirit. We still use the same single malt, uh, based of, and then, like I said, it's all vapor infused and flavored, uh, in the alcoholic vapor as it's coming off the still. So is this kind of stuff that when you drink it, you put to scream like skull, or something like that before you drink your skull <laughs> and then you drink that shit. Yeah. That's up. I'm That's what's up. Honest. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, man. I ain't understand none of what you said because it's <laughs> such a science <laughs> that I just I just have to accept that I'm dumb. What the Because no. this is all I know about alcohol. I know that when you make beer in the big the big vat or whatever the fuck, I know the top is beer, I know the bottom is malt liquor. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's accurate. I think that's pretty fucking no. Okay, partial credit. Partial credit. Um, well, that's cool, man. How can people um, find you all online? I know alcohol doesn't ship everywhere, but to the places it does ship, those people need to know. So yeah, you can find us online on our website. You can order directly on the website or Instagram, social media, that kind of stuff, Facebook. Uh, and then if, if, uh, if you want, so this is one of the things that, that we need to educate people on. If you want it in your store near you to drink it and try it and have it, then go to the liquor store and tell them, I want that specific product and, and you know, pressure them to start carrying it. That's, that's the best way to do it. Um, ah, yeah. And that's how we build the awareness and the profitability and thus build up the reparations. Fund. That's right. That's right. This. <laughs> I, I like what you're doing, man. You know, we, we have tea and all that good stuff in common, but I feel like. You know, you need to get Aquavit to the people, man. So have you thought about, you know, going to like maybe some black neighborhoods and setting up in their liquor stores and doing the tastings and then explaining to them that if you drink this, it goes to reparations. That's what we need. That's what we need someone to help with is, is getting out there and, and being that being out there, like pounding the pavement with me every day. I'm being silly, but I'm serious right here. Why your company matters is that you create a way for people to 
feel like they're helping helping if they don't want to go down to the protest or mm. it's too weird to reach out and talk to a black friend about race. Mm. This is a way for people to at least know, all right, I did something yeah. today. I do think, though, if you're black, if the money's going to reparations, you should just get 20 percent off of every bottle. Facts. So, hey, facts. We can yeah, do that. But, we can do that's, that. but I'm not I'm not here to work out your bottle because then the problem with that <laughs> is that a bunch of people are going to be claiming part black and they're going to want a 10 percent discount mm. instead of the full 20 percent. Mm. And you know, like, what do you discount a biracial person? It, it could get you know what? Let's just take that off the table. Full price. Full price. Full price hey. for now. <laughs> full price. <laughs> thank you so, yeah, so you, much for coming on the job fair and we appreciate you. And when I'm back in Denver, I'll see you all out there at a Rockies game and we'll put some cream cheese on one of them hot dogs. Like y'all do. I still don't get it, but y'all do it. And I try to be one of them winners, Rome ass people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I appreciate the, the opportunity. Thank you so much. Come Brad sent me a text. He said, I forgive you. Oh, <laughs> job fair. <laughs> That's the show. Real quick, Jacqueline, before we before we go. Yes. Do you support rapper? How do we give out reparations? Because he brought up a really good point. Third, <clears throat> I'm collecting money for reparations, but I, as a white man, I'm not going to give it out. I'm going to hand it to a group of black people and people on the front lines, and they'll decide <laughs> where the reparations and the programs and all that should go. Because I'm of the belief that I'm I'm not sure if every black person should get a check. Because I'm. Wait a minute! Why not? Offset hey. just bought half a million dollars worth of half a million dollars worth of roses. You can't give every black person a check. It oh, would yeah. be like that Chappelle yeah, sketch. Be, literally, where be Donnell the sketch. Rollins had the cigarette truck. Right, it'd be a cigarette truck, and all the chicken would be gone. <laughs> I just think put the money in the programs that benefit the black community. Then ultimately, that's generational change. Versus mm. if everybody gets a check and they just spend it on something, that's cool too. Jordans. You have a right to, but what but the systems that are in place that are underfunded are still there. So the next generation is still fucked. Mm. So mm -hmm. I, I want some money to get my hair done, buy another piece of property, and then whatever else I want to do. But yeah, I want the reparations for those reasons. Of course, we don't have a plan. That's the problem. That's why we don't have the reparations now. That's why our dollars don't stay in our community. I could go on and on and on. I love the way other communities, the dollar circulates seven times before it gets outside of their community. That makes perfect sense. So I would love it, and they already do, but a black person does my hair, um, a black lady cleans my home, you know, so on and so forth, but I digress. Sorry, Roy. Tangents. I get my weed from black people, so I understand you. It might sound okay, silly. No, nah, but it's important. If they do give reparations in the way that you all are trying to, to, to kind of put it down, which I actually agree with, it would be cool if reparations went to building, rebuilding places like the Black Wall Streets in Tulsa or like downtown yes. Norfolk, like traditionally black places. And that and that money was there to, to help build those places back up for black people to live there, not to be gentrified out of. You know what I'm saying? Like that would be, I'd I like to see reparations go that way. Cause it's cool to, like I, lo I love listening to y'all talk about Alabama and some of the black stuff that y'all was involved with growing up down there. But my parents would say the same thing about certain parts of Virginia. I could say that about DC, but my kids ain't gonna, be able to experience go-go and, and all that kind of stuff like I did. So it'd be cool to have something if a reparations fund went to rebuilding those type of things so that our kids could see that shit in the future. You know what I'm saying? I, I think that would be dope. And see, my uncles, just get them $100,000. They'll be happy. They do, and let them do whatever they, they want to do. Straight to a casino and lose it at the dog track. Mm. And I don't, even, I don't even know your uncles and I can already tell they straight to the casino. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to take him. <laughs> and on that note, that's what we're going to do. We'll be leaving. We, we're not going to end Black History Month on squandering <laughs> reparations. Royce Job Fair is a product of Paramount. They say Paramount now. We're no longer Viacom CBS, iHeartRadio, and um, South Park and Princeton Productions. JG, next week, it's all about the women's. It's all about y'all. I'll see y'all next week. Bye. Bye.
This has been a Comedy Central podcast. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the planet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? Turns out, that story was way bigger than just an optical illusion. It's a cautionary tale about the decline of clickbait sites, the rise of algorithms and internet polarization, and the end of fun on the internet. Seriously. And that's just one story. We're giving every character their 16th minute. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jon Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.